Welcome to the Script Bits Podcast for Wednesday, 20th April, 2022. Our bit today comes from Psalm 62, verse 1, and that says, Truly my soul waited or waits silently upon God. From him cometh my salvation. Come then, friends, let's celebrate this new day of life the first Wednesday after Easter, as we ought to. Who knows, this might just be the last one. So let's go out in a blaze of glory. (laughs) And if by the Lord's grace it isn't, then we can keep on going on out every day in a blaze of joy. Because every day is a day that God has made for us to enjoy, despite the problems and difficulties we might face. And as the good book so astutely reminds us, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And all of us know that comes from Nehemiah 8.10. So there we have it, joy and strength from our Lord God Jehovah. We can't ask for much more than that. But it doesn't come automatically. We have to do our part to receive and live it. And that's where so many of us are falling down. We expect that joy to come automatically, so we just sit around and wait for it, instead of working to make it a reality. But not even the free gifts of salvation and God's amazing love come automatically. We have to step out in faith and receive them. Remember, we are in a partnership with God, and partnerships mean that each partner has a specific job to do. Well, the Lord's done His, providing us with salvation and forgiveness of sins. But it's then left for us to receive it. The Lord can't receive it for us. And I believe this poem from our one-year book of Bible Promises with writings by Ruth Harms Colking provides a good insight into how our souls and spirits ought to respond to God's goodness. It's simply titled, At Last. Please pray with me. At last, there's one with whom I am perfectly safe. One who knows thoroughly all the rubbled ruins of my heart. At last, I see that all that is riddled and distorted in me can still find God-planned fulfillment. At last, I need no longer explore the deep, dark forest of my thoughts, for there is one who understands me far better than I understand myself, one who stands with me in the thick of battle, one who supports me on the slippery, ice-created paths. At last, I've entrusted myself to one who guarantees my wholeness, someone whose love is immeasurable. In all the world, he alone can love me as I need to be loved. At last, there is one, my Lord and my God, oh, my people. All of that is the God-awesome truth. But until we come to that reality, the reality of realizing and accepting 
that the Lord loves us so truly and powerfully, we won't be able to give ourselves to him the way we should. Just imagine the powerful love he must have borne us to send his only son to die on the cross of Calvary so that our sins could be forgiven. I don't think there could be any greater show of love than that. And Jesus said it to the disciples, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And that's the gospel truth, friends. Laying down one's life for another is the greatest outpouring of love any being can show, be they human, animal, or God. And that's exact, exactly what Jesus did. Lay down his life for us on the strong recommendation of the Father. So how, in all wisdom, truth, and gratitude, can we not turn to Christ and sincerely devote our lives to him? Eh? The one who died to give us the greatest gifts of all, true salvation and life eternal. And the Bible promise for today's poem is also a bit for today. Now, first, I'll share the NIV or the New International Version using the Book of Bible Promises. Then the Real McCoy, that's the King James Version or the KG, KJV. <laughs> now, here's what the NIV says. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation come from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will never be alone. Sure. Uh, it's true and all that, you know, but it sounds so listless and lifeless. <laughs> no, compare it to the KGV, which says, Truly my soul waiteth or waits silently upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense or strong tower. I shall not be greatly moved or shaken. And that comes from Psalm 62, 1 to 2. Now, that seems livelier to evoke more confidence, more passion. How can you downgrade the majestic words and sentiments of Brother David? Eh? <laughs> But, you know, I find that some of these new versions water down the word, either make it too simplistic, while others, with their many explanations, make it more difficult to understand. In the end, though, I guess the important thing is that we hear, understand, and live the true word in whatever form it's offered. And that takes us to these reassuring and reaffirming verses of Psalm 33, titled, Praise to the Lord for His Creation. The psalmist writes, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear or reverence Him, upon them that hope in His mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waited for the Lord, for He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. And that's taken from Psalm 33, verses 18 to 22. Yes, friends, our God, our Lord, our Creator is right there 
always watching out for us. But we need to accept it and believe it and then live accordingly. Nothing is going to fall into our laps. As Paul said to the Philippians, we need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And we know that comes from Philippians 2.12. That means everything we need to become mature Christians has already been provided. We now need to do the work necessary to actually grow up and become Christ-like because that is the ultimate purpose God has for all of us. And early on in that same letter, Brother Paul assured the Philippians of being confident of this very thing that he which had begun a good work in you will perform or complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that comes from Philippians 1.6. So there we have it. The Lord has provided all we need to grow to maturity, and he will also keep on helping us to do so until Christ returns. But we need to wake up to get passionate and do our part if we want to become even a little Christ-like. And for those of us who have already made that decision, let's go home now declaring, you believe I spell declaring wrong? Oh, Lord. Eh? But nonetheless, we're going to go home declaring our Wednesday whale, letting all and sundry know of our blessed and wonderful position in Christ Jesus. So, as one loud, proud, and grateful voice, Wednesday, 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 I'm so glad to be alive on this Wednesday. Wednesday, 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 thank God the breath of life is still flowing through me on this Wednesday. I'm halfway home. My hands are fixed securely on the plow, and I'm not turning back. I'm not looking back at the past, not focusing on what has gone before. But my eyes are fixed straight ahead. Yes, they're fixed straight ahead to a glorious future with Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. And as always, friends, let's remember that if we endure to the end, then that future will be even more glorious than we can either ask or imagine. First, Jesus said, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And that's taken from Matthew 24, 13. So remember that, friends. It's all about endurance. Much love. And the postscript for today says, Perseverance, persistence, endurance. Those are the keys to victorious living, to living for Christ. And you can't... Do better than that, friends, because everything comes right down to how persistent and enduring we are. We can't just start up one day and finish the next. We got to go right down to the end. So please, let's make up our minds and do what is necessary to live consistently and endure right down to the end until Jesus returns. And we pray this in his mighty name. Amen. Please have a blessed day, my people. Much love.